Today's episode of the Westworld Theorycast is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, CuffLinks.com. Head on over to CuffLinks.com and use code DVR20 to save 20% off your order. No minimum, baby. CuffLinks has everything you need to look good when you step out into the world. The world is opening up. You need to look good. You're going to events. You're going to weddings. You're going to parties. And you know what? You need to head on over to cufflinks.com and accessorize, baby. They got everything you need, and there's always specials. Just check the front page. Go on over to cufflinks.com now. Use code DVR20 and save. Thank you, Cufflinks. And salutations. This is Thack Daddy for the Thack Daddy Experience with DVR Podcast. Uh, it's The Forge. I'm going to be discussing Westworld Season 4, Episode 5. Uh, there is a great many things that I probably would have liked to go into further depth with, but I'm in a rumination period. So I'm just going to fire off some concepts and wrap it up and call it a nice little day enjoy some sun or something anyway i noticed like there's this dream element uh with the characters that's very similar to you know when there was a series of awakenings in season one and of course season two um and it's interesting in that you know that whole everything and not real uh, what is the nature of reality? That's that question is uh, never been answered to anyone's satisfaction, and probably never will be, as uh, the nature of reality is perpetually shifting based on what you know, what you've experienced, what you're aware of, what you perceive, and how it's applied. So, you know, that in and of itself is a uh, complex, and you know, ultimately. I personally think it reveals the ultimate virus to be human consciousness itself uh, because we have the wherewithal and means to ruminate and to dwell on things and to think about things that are literally not real or occurring in our presence at this moment is uh, both our greatest strength and our ultimate weakness and uh, the nature of these organisms is different like you know again <clears throat> of course, there's going to be comparisons to the Matrix and science fiction, and it deals with technology. Um, but, you know, there's just a lot of difference, like uh, the penultimate difference uh, that I'm asserting is that because the nature of the host consciousness is uh, either an extraction or a derivation of human consciousness, but it acts and functions in human ways unlike in the matrix like the machines were not mimicking human consciousness they just wanted functionality and they utilized humans as batteries whereas here the artificial intelligence that became self-aware did so in a very human capacity uh, it's literally like a mimicking human consciousness um and my assertion for that also it goes with the outliers so basically the outlier threat is a threat to the biggest problem that uh, Shaloris is having controlling the host city and that's when an outlier interacts with a host the host 
freaks out because they feel that sense of loneliness. Like that's their human tainted consciousness reacting to the world around it in a very real way. Because every day, living, breathing human beings still ask themselves the question, what is reality and who am I? Um, usually the answers to both of those are just constructs of various notions, things, perceptions and experiences being brought together in a conglomeration <clears throat> of what we call ourselves. Um, so... That's very different, and that's kind of important because the outlier problem, you see it in the beginning uh, after William puts some poor fool down um, verbally. Clementine comes to him, you, f you know, and you see him trying to deal with this host, Hope. And Hope went to, you know, eliminate an outlier, and when she did... The outlier spoke to her. There was a homeless man, and he was like, you know, I just want to know that if this is real, you know. And she tells him it's real, and then she bucks him down. But then she goes crazy, kills a bunch of people, and then offs herself. So basically, the whole host functionality is too interlocked with with human beings, and it's Shaloris' Achilles heel, I suppose. Anyway, um, I mean, I just think that it's interesting because it's not the classic depiction of a cold and logical machine, but it's a machine with human-like consciousness grappling with its own dystopia, you know, and notions of time, because the thing is, if you have a human consciousness, but it can go on and on, uh, that's a problem there has to be some kind of logic or intelligence as to why we don't maintain this consciousness and live forever um not that i'm against eternity but i mean i think one lifetime really is kind of like enough and uh, i think uh, you know if if immortality becomes an option i think people should you know be allowed to opt out <laughs> Because uh, being immortal is not, you know, I feel like it's a design schematic to it. Like consciousness is refreshed. So you pass down what information you do have, but not all of your perceptions per se. Like if you consider certain people inferior, certain people superior and do, you know, you, you benchmarking and limiting your your evolution to just that. Whereas... If you pass down all the information, but then a lot, you know, the next generation has their own perceptual grid. That's cool. But I also felt a huge criticism club of doom or the drop of Damocles sword when I was watching this episode is very critical of distraction culture scripted life, like literally it's like your, your lives are scripted like we have these crazy work weeks. We've had the pandemic people working from home. People are delivering stuff all the time. Like it's it's just kind of in a state of frenzy, where no one actually gets a moment to just sit down and just breathe. So, literally, they say it in the show that you know they keep people in these scripted lives to stay busy so they don't realize 
how truly and deeply fucked and controlled they are and it's it's somewhat creepy it's the same thing with the things about sound um you know the things regarding how you know the the we only pay attention to the sounds that we perceive but not the ones below our threshold and like people will talk about you know control but i mean the more you attempt to control anything uh the worse it usually gets and and really control isn't about you know what you know it's just having a discipline to manipulate a thing that's actually what literal control is so if you actually have control of yourself that just means you basically know how to manipulate yourself Anyway, um, people aren't meant to live forever. Uh, That's an interesting take because, you know, some people might see uh, might see this season as not being inventive or too close. And I, I think this is science fiction that is too close to our time. And that's why it scares us, because who says easily we, we will dare to utilize science and technology so that we could transmit human consciousness into um, synthetic vessels as long as you basically can imbue the vessel with actual the actual consciousness who says people wouldn't do that you can live forever we're just going to download your consciousness out of your body you will not be dead your body will be frozen and then we'll just take your consciousness and upload it into another form I mean it's science fiction that's like right around the corner because you know technologically yes we are extraordinarily clever as a species but the intelligence behind what we do we might very well unlock the capacity for one of our creations to gain its own consciousness within the world however do we have the ability to nurture and sustain or deal with the impact and consequences of doing so absolutely not uh we are barely out of the 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 crib as far as emotional development as organisms let alone having to actually father or mother or parent an entirely alien consciousness developed from our own need to make reality subservient to us in a capacity that allows us to become somewhat bloated and overstated and on ships like the people in (laughs) wally permanent reclining state uh episode just triggered a lot of stuff it's real interesting seeing charlotte hale lose her mind and when she made the dude play with the piano uh a perfect day by uh lou reed after playing handle um and she discussed being bored and you know the reality it's not even about boredom so much as it's about purpose um you know an existence of pure overindulgence has no value um just like an existence that's too monastic may not have value Uh, i'm not i'm saying i'm not saying neither doesn't have value uh please don't misconstrue it on that level at all what what i'm attempting to actually say is that uh you know uh, 
an existence without balance in some way, shape, or form will lead to extremities, and the extremities will lead to chaos that will help destroy a given society. There's room for moderation in all points of view, especially as they are applicable to given situations. If the situation changes, the, the, the view should adapt and evolve to change with them. You can't have a, a view that can't adopt uh, adapt, excuse me, to new situations and scenarios, uh, even like all this internet stuff, we have to be able to adapt to the technology, the laws, the interactions, all of that has to be able to adapt, and we're creating at, at levels where we can't see beyond um, the novelty of what's happening as opposed to the consequences down the line of, of what certain behaviors done repetitively throughout society with a technological influence, how it alters the human mindscape. The human mind isn't even like it used to be, but its basic core is. So it's it's like this over-flooded car engine <clears throat> or some shit. I don't know. I'm just completely going off the, the scales. I just... It was just very interesting because, like, you see the Hope uh, host and, you know, she she basically lost it because uh, she got emotional. Because when she met the, the homeless guy with the flower and talking about reality, she's isolated. There's this, uh, this hyper alienation is basically what it's showing us. You have access to gadgets, access to people at all times. People are at their loneliest loneliness <clears throat> loneliest excuse me people are at their loneliest <laughs> they're lonely and they're isolated and in the most hyper connected world ever so you know <clears throat> and the whole christina thing you know i was harping on it you know way back uh in my assessment of the season i knew she had to be like some kind of motherboard because she is the mother of all of the hosts. Like her code and her functionality was what allowed for the awakened AI consciousness to, you know, become a derivation of human consciousness. So they're just using her to control everyone. Uh, uh, the everyone I'm a little, you know, not sure about because, you know, are these hosts fly human? I mean, I don't know what the I don't know what they are. At some point, she talks to Teddy, and he, you know, does a us-them reference that I think is basically saying she's a host, but I'm not 100% certain of that, or anything else, for that matter. But that's an aside. <clears throat> and, and just a sidebar again, I, I do love the fact that, uh, <laughs> you know, when... William is yelling at Hope, you know, she's talking about, you know, she just wanted the humans to be quiet. She just, just, they got under her skin and he gave her this wild ass look and he just said, they're quiet now. And it was just funny. <laughs> I thought it was seriously funny. Um, and it's just funny that Shaloris' biggest problem is, you know, outliers and stuff. Um, but again, you know give it a few centuries you know that human aspect of her makes her impatient um and i by the way i just loved when they were going to where the 
big big sound tower is like the whole look of that shit uh, it's pretty incredible uh, I have to say I enjoyed it very much um, what else is going on uh, well you know the stuff that Christina learns is interesting um, her ability to influence the narrative and influence uh, the world that's surrounding her but I mean on a massive other level scale I mean as they peel back her the layers I, I thought they peeled too hard actually um, and I still have no idea how she's able to influence the narratives why she is Dolores I'm confused because if it's Dolores but it's with a fly then that was a specific fly made by Sherlores but if it isn't I don't get it so I would like to know how they that came about but anyway um, her interactions with Emmett is great um, especially you know things kick off really good you know when she meets up with Teddy because he explains everything he tells her about the nature of her reality nature of who she is because she can control the narrative so she can control people um and the fact that she had lunch with Hale was creepy. I mean, I, I thought it was super creepy. Um, <laughs> and I love the I love these actors because they all play these different characters, right? But the characters exist in completely different contexts, so they're completely different characters. So it's awesome. I think they do a great job of it. Uh, oh, the sound thing that I was trying to mumble before. Humans are so bound by what they can hear that they'll never understand what they don't what else exists below their threshold um <clears throat> so again you know definitely a statement on consumerism definitely a statement on technology control surveillance culture um fabrication of identity uh scripted realities insofar as reality tv as we know uh to varying degrees follows the script uh, what I was curious about though is <clears throat> cutting back to again random this is going to be a random one I've had a random week um, diagnostic or whatever when she tells you know Charlotte Hale or Charloris <clears throat> sorry that was really annoying I apologize um when she says, you know, run a diagnostic and it's like the city or the world or the game, I don't even know completely. It's interesting. What is she running a diagnostic of? Anyway, uh, when you see this guy, Jay, uh, and his team with Stubbs, I, I just think Stubbs is funny. Whether it's him saying tweet, fucking tweet, or he's just, when you want me to swab the deck? Like, Stubbs is mad funny. <laughs> Like, it's, it's just the way he does shit. It's, his attitude is pretty hilarious. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. The J guy, they got a drone that, you know, backdoors in photo them. Um, and, you know, they try to save these outliers because the outliers basically uh, make hosts kill themselves. Which is uh, pretty interesting when, you know considering the whole background with Arnold and uh, Westworld and everything is interesting uh, you know 
and the whole Teddy Christina interaction. Again, you know, people could say it reeks of the Matrix, but boy, they both reek of Alice in Wonderland. I mean, what are you gonna do? <laughs> um, I I like how he did the people test with her and make you know take them out of their loneliness, put them back in their to their loneliness. You are God here. Um, but again, God is a relative term, and uh, you know, if you define it by controlling others, you know. Some play at God, but always fail because someone else is always manipulating them too. Anyway, um, oh man, oh yeah, there was some interaction with Christina and Emmett where it sounded like he was testing her for fidelity. You know, like, have you ever questioned the nature of your reality? And then when he said the thing about retiring at Judas Steer. You know, like she's the Judas steer for the host colonies, and you know if she fucks up, they, you know they're gonna buck her in the head. That kind of vibe. I really enjoyed that vibe though from him. Um, <laughs> uh, and I also like you know again harp on the human consciousness as a virus, because William is the host is getting advice from real William and I think real William's basically just gonna emotionally manipulate him and then try to like say yeah we're gonna make the world in our image you and me host and human we are connected you know blah 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 I mean you know this fool might go for it too because he was tainted because he's lonely because he has no sense of self because you have this hyper computer super logical brain but what can it tell you over and over again that is you're just a byproduct of a sick fucking species creative fucking notions of reality and that's just crazy you know you're at the center of the maze so <clears throat> I don't really have any predictions for where it's going. It's kind of going semi where I think it's going. Um, but I also felt like there were like little threads that I, I overlooked. But I mean, I was very happy, obviously, to see what I saw. Uh, and again, it's television, but it's pretty involved as far as the story goes. Uh, it's very layered uh, psychologically, socially, and otherwise. But it's definitely a kind of foreboding criticism of our current state of existence and its per potential for a collapse so biblical that it's mind-numbing or you could just think it's a nifty sci-fi show or you could just think it's a piece of shit and think what i'm saying is shit and it doesn't even matter that's how ephemeral everything is much love to everybody peace out looking forward to the next episode Hopefully it's super dime because I'm looking for some, you know, Bernard backstory shit. You know, come on. Did you bring Teddy out here? What have you been doing? What did you do in the sublime besides, you know, predict the end of the world in 500 trillion ways? Anyway, peace out.